I feel like a good chitty chitty chat chat this week could be talking about our first sponsorship deal <gasps> that we were offered. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that oh, we Christ. are not being sponsored by, by the way. <laughs> we, we are. Have, we have turned down their offer for sponsorship, even though it's very generous. I think we have some standards, it, guys. Yeah, the icing on it was when they didn't go well with the podcast Instagram account, they then decided to hit someone up privately. <laughs> right. So this this is a hundred percent a scam. I mean, not I believe that they're a legit company, but the trying to get podcasters to sponsor be a partner is kind of a scam. So I got a message on our Instagram account from a company, and they sell pube razors pube um. trimmers and the name of their company is smooth my balls <laughs> which and dear listener in case you know our at least my high-pitched voice wasn't um leading you to understand this neither of us has a pair of testicles we don't have testicles no. however a pube trimmer c- c- is going to be much the same as i other, have pubes so- and we have male listeners and ball having listeners, so yeah. I was like, "Excellent, let's let's explore this." And so I spoke to the guy further, and he was like, "Oh, if you spend fifty dollars on our <laughs> trimmer, I'll, we'll give you a grooming kit for free." And I was like, "And, and <laughs> no, I'm not going to pay money. That's not to, how it works to mm. promote you. Yeah, you give me the thing for free." If you're not going to pay me, you at least give me the thing for free. Send it for send it for free. Yeah, now. I was but thinking, I think... like you know, Freud and I would appreciate some pube trimmers, and I have yeah. a male in the house who might want to smooth his balls. Um, yeah, and uh, but no, you have to you have to pay money to get the thing to then promote the thing. Um, but you get a free grooming kit worth seventy dollars. <laughs> Couldn't give a shit, mate. Couldn't give a shit. And then when we said no, and he kept bugging, and in the end, I went. There's two hosts of this podcast and neither of us have balls, so I feel like you haven't really done your research. And <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> slated the poor guy. I mean, but then he was I, only I started doing his job, but I started getting spammed by burner accounts belonging to like random people saying, "Hey, I've checked out your podcast. Um, no, maybe it'd be suitable for this." And I'm what like, "What would improve it is a ball trimmer." <laughs> <laughs> I can hear how hairy your balls are over the airways. I can hear them ASMRing the microphone when you slap them about. <laughs> and but this is on my personal account, and although, and I'm like, okay, how I don't like that because you must know some sort of like, you know, uh, device ID number, some sort of hacking yeah. thing where they know that those two accounts exist on my phone, and I'm like, this feels bad, so I blocked them. And I don't oh. care about putting them on blast because I found them annoying. Smooth my balls if you want some expensive <laughs> shit. From uh, the US some... as well. Who wants to be paying that package? I'm going to have to be paying fucking import yeah. fees. Yeah. Although... No, do you know what? I'll just go and get myself some Nair. Are they called Nair anymore? I mean, oh, they can sponsor us. Nair. Maybe no. that's their ploy, though. They annoy you so use... much. You have to talk about it. And then they get I the free advertising anyway. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? We've fallen right into that trap. Yeah, we have. We've been stuck right in. The bull trap. But at the same time, they deserve to be shamed. For the for, for no other reason than I understand that they want to reach out to people to be brand ambassadors and all of that. But the point that they're just so scattergun that they clearly don't actually care who their brand ambassadors are because if they'd paid any attention, they would have <laughs> even listened to the first five minutes of our very first episode. They'd have realised 
that we are women and we're potentially not the target audience of who they're trying to to sell to because even when they sent us their pitch on instagram it was all male orientated they didn't actually say it was a pubic hair trimmer they said it was a, a ball trimmer I think there is another podcast called Misery Loves Company, but the hosts of that podcast are, are male, I believe. So oh, well, how got... dare they be male? But, but like, you have <laughs> clips on your Instagram of, like... Oh, my God, I actually thought you said you have clips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... You have clips. But you have clips. You can you can shave those until they're hairless. Go Smooth right in there. Cl- oh, my God, let's do a competitor product called Smooth My Clips. <laughs> Smooth My Clip. <laughs> Don't. I'm already getting told off by my mum and dad for the language on this show. I absolutely love that. I love how passionate you were about it as well. But you have clips! <laughs> yes, we do. And that is why we do I had know. one of my friends call someone a clip today. Like, oh, she was such a clip. And I'm like, I've never heard that used as like an insult. Is that a negative connotation? Though? I feel like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. if she was easily excitable, maybe. Yeah. Does it... Hard to- Hard to find, impossible <laughs> to understand. So, welcome everybody to Misery Loves Company. The podcast dedicated to those moments in life so tragic, so embarrassing, so pathetic, so frustrating that the only solace is that they make a good story. We are your hosts... Chardon. And Freuder. <laughs> it's you. I was, for, it's you. I was waiting for someone else to introduce me. And we have a our second guest today, our third person. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Um, unlike your previous guest, <clears throat> I didn't really put any effort into what I thought I might like as a pseudonym. So um, I'd quite like if you just <laughs> called me Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny, it's so good to have you. No, no, Danny DeVito. (laughs) No. I'm full naming you every time. I feel like, I mean, I don't know what context, content is coming up, but I I can genuinely feel a liableist charge coming up. It's Danny with an I. It's Danny with an I. Yeah, isn't that right, Danny? Sure. Danny with an I. Uh, It's spelt with entirely I's. (laughs) D-I-N-N-I, D-I-V-I-T-I. But it's pronounced. And Bingo was his name. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so no libelous charges. Anyone can be called Danny DeVito. Um, so I did actually come armed with a, a question to sort of start the experience. Okay. Go ahead. Um, what was your first, like, major celebrity crush? Oh, Ooh. easy peasy, Daniel. Actually, no. Do you know what? I was... Does it count if you were pre pre pubescent? Yeah, that's fine. So if it's your yeah. your first, when you were like, this... oh, okay. So we do... I mean, so... I don't. I, I I feel like we need to discuss whether this should stay in. But the actual answer to this question is Michael Jackson. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what Michael yes. Jackson would have said. Yeah. You know what? When I was about four or five. <laughs> I think we need to discuss if this is going to stay in. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you meant? When I was about, yeah, when I, no, shush, when I was about four or five, um, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson, like genuinely obsessed. My parents had got me a massive poster. They'd bought me loads of videos because he used to do, I don't know if it was just him or other artists did it as well, but I only ever had his stuff. Um, he used to do videotapes of his albums. So, but it would yeah. be all of the music videos. It's like a compilation video and it would have like different cut to scenes and 
all that kind of stuff. It was the the dangerous album. And it always started with black and white. And I was obsessed. did you have history as well? Yeah, I had so, a friend who had them all and we watched them a hundred times. Yeah, so, and I was obsessed. And then I do remember, so there's two very, very early tragic memories I have involving Michael Jackson. Um, the first one being when my, my mother had to break it to me that he'd married Lisa Marie Presley. Um, and I was dog. devastated. <laughs> Can't believe it breaks and your then, heart. And then secondly, when just quietly and without any <laughs> explanation, all the Michael Jackson memorabilia was just removed from my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Did that maybe coincide with a certain media event that he happened yeah, to undergo? Yeah, yeah. it, it, it all made sense as I got older. But I do remember sort of my mother turning around to me saying, we don't love him anymore. <laughs> and just sort of <laughs> taking my poster oh off my wall whilst I'm sat there going, no! Watch me sleep! Yeah, um, I love the idea that Michael Jackson might have like planted chips in his VHSs or something to like observe you somehow. I think it was probably just more the impropriety <clears throat> of a four or five year old being obsessed with Michael Jackson when he was being charged with paedophilia. I feel like it was more to do with that, really. That was the issue. He got Um, you. Yeah, so if that one is not allowed to stay in, uh, we'll we'll discuss it. Oh, it's too late now. Um, now. The second was Daniel Radcliffe. You also had a thing, like a lot of uh, my sort of school age friends, um, about Jeremy Sumter, who oh played my God, Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. Oh. I, it's so weird that I know that guy's name Ooh, when he was I in like Google one film. Him all the time. Peter Pan's just been put on Netflix. And I've watched it many times since it's been put on, and I do regress. I was about year eight when that came out, though. So Daniel, I Radcliffe remember, did come before Jeremy Sumter. Okay. I, I enjoyed people's Jeremy Sumter crushes because I think I was already at that point of fancying older men. So everyone else was on Jeremy Sumter and I was where everyone else is now, which is Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook. Oh yeah, like, he was damn was fine. Yeah. Damn yeah. fine. Yeah. Mine was uh my first proper crush when I was very little was like Aladdin. Oh yes, you loved Aladdin. I loved Aladdin. You loved Aladdin so much. You had the Barbies, you had I all did. of it. You loved Aladdin. And I still get shit from that now from some people. I'm like, I feel like it's just as legit as any squeaky clean boy band boy. Are you joking me? People fancy, people have lust for Simba. Aladdin's fine. That's a special subsection. Yeah, Yeah, let's not get into furries, otherwise that's going to be... We're not here to kink shame anybody, though. We've made that very clear. Oh, I am. No, I'm not. My first... (laughs) No, we're done to yuck anyone's yum, if you like. We won't yuck anyone's Um, yum. uh, But uh, uh, my first sort of, um, I don't know... Real person, person human, real per- real person, proper crush was Keanu Reeves, which I maintain to this yeah, day. Oh, still, yeah, you're you're representing that Keanu, Keanu and it's good Burner. because he went through a dip of real unpopularity where everyone's like, oh, he's not a good actor, and now everyone adores him again, and I'm like, I never left you, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> I was always there. I was always there waiting. Yeah. And uh, the only tragic thing I have associated with that really is that I would make my, I would, I would see anything that he had appeared in so i've seen a really weird roster of films especially at age like 12 thrillers and scary things and i remember dragging Mm -hmm. my mate to the cinema to see something's gotta give which is a rom-com about pensioners but it had keanu reeves in it (laughs) my friend was so upset that i made a (laughs) film because it had like 20 20 collected minutes of keanu reeves um (laughs) 
but you know, worth it. Who was your first crush? God, I'm, I remember being about like eight or nine and having like a massive crush on Pirates of the Caribbean Johnny Depp. Do you know what we all did? I remember there being there was a huge divide amongst like the 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 girly group at school of like who was a Johnny girl and who was an Orlando. Yes, girl. yeah. And it was like Don't if you're an Orlando me. girl, you like cute boys, but if you're Johnny Depp, you like real men. And now we look yeah. back in horridness. It's just it's such mm. a grieb. Yeah, I um I had a poster of him, a sort of like a three size poster that I kept next to my bed. So that I would wake up and he would be looking at me, <laughs> and then and then I would kiss it good morning. Oh, Danny DeVito, that is very cute story. No, it's that not. That is not. It's... Sorry, that's not cute. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's absolutely. That I mean, is literally the plot line of a murder mystery. Yeah. Right that well, I was nine. I, I was nine. Um, and that's when the also, obsession started. But also, you know, I was at the time. I was like, oh, there's only about. A forty-year age gap between us. He can take me off to be his child bride. That's that's fine. I mean, there's no judgment there. I had Michael Jackson all over my walls. So, oh yeah, you know. Keanu Reeves, who is the same age as my dad. Like they have the same. <laughs> Mine, my, mine's a murder mystery where I am the murderer, whereas yours, Freuda, is a murder mystery where he is the murderer. Michael Jackson never killed anyone. He just allegedly inappropriately touched survivors. Okay, that we know of. Um, I you mean, know here, Michael Jackson did. Yeah, I'm not your, here to defend Michael start, Jackson at all. Yours is the start of the film Room, where you're being imprisoned by Michael Jackson. <laughs> you're gonna end up in Michael Jackson's room. Look, I was four or five. Okay. And my parents perfect, snipped that one in the blood early doors. <laughs> Michael Jackson's oubliette. Oh, Michael younger Jackson's oubliette. She didn't know what she loved. Michael Jackson's oubliette <laughs> is a great name for a band. So, uh, Daddy DeVito, I can yes. only assume you've begun with this line of inquiry about childhood crushes because some of your funny, tragic stories are in the realm of celebrity is that correct yeah i am i'll i'll be the first one to admit that my mental health is not what people would call good so um, (laughs) (laughs) i'm like when i'm I'm stable at the minute i'm fine but when i get into like a rut um i do get a little bit weird i think is probably the nicest way of putting it Um, i think everyone does they have their manifestations and um yours just tends to be uh, an obsession with one person or another, which I think is is fine. So, um, yeah, I um, I was it was my second year at uni, I think. Uh, first, no, it was my second, and you know, Winchester is. Uh, Chardon will know the the layout of Winchester and its university situation, um, and how it's not like a huge, huge sort of town the high street university space and um so it was a group there was about five of us and um we were we were walking around and we were going up towards like the guild hall that sort of area i think it was the guild hall i should have checked this hang on is it the bottom of town or the top, top of town hang on oh yeah the great hall the great hall that's it and God. we can see, I don't fucking, I've not, I've not been to Winchester for about a year and a half. 
Um, I'm not allowed. I'm too poor. They turn me away when I get to the train station. <laughs> not in their shoes. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, and we've been hearing rumours that someone's filming, that there's like a film crew up there. And we're like, well, you know, we finished our lectures. We've got nothing else to do. Uh, so we take a note and we hear that. Now, I I feel like I think I mentioned to Chardon who was there, but I feel like it could be quite fun to play Guess the Celebrity with you, Freuda. Oh, God, don't. He, but okay, just you're gonna show me up. That's all that's gonna happen. It's so fine. Go he's quite, he's quite well known. It was a man, so Brad that's Pitt. All. no, no English. Oh. Brad Pitt has never set foot in Winchester. No, no. <laughs> Brad Pitt was in Villariki once. Why? While he was working there. They were doing something for um, the zombie film Z or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Oh it was yeah, like World War Z or something. Yeah. Oh, where it looks like an apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, Billericay. Um, okay, British, well known. Is he fit? Oh, debatable. That's a really good question. Some people would say yes, and other people would say absolutely not. Oh God, absolutely not. Oh. I used to think yes, and now I'm like, no, I don't know why I did think that. Yeah. Oh. He's got a very God. long face. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes! <laughs> yeah! Congrats! <laughs> See? You didn't show yourself up. Yeah. Um, also, he's he's an acquired taste that I would like to sample. What's the opposite of an acquired taste? Because I used to think he was fit and now I don't. So it's like a, well, a not a, a taste you acquire, acquired, a taste you have. The opposite is, I guess, a crowd pleaser. Slowly dissipates into nothing. <laughs> I think I was just young and I thought Sherlock was good. Well, yeah, see, because it was sort of at the height of... Not quite the height, but like the... the if I say Super Hulock, does that... Is that a phrase that is understood? It, it will to me. Okay. It will, will not to Freuder so, because... So, Freuder, Super not Hulock... not as much of a geek. ...was a, was a, fra- a phrase specifically centred on the media platform Tumblr, where it was like an obsession yeah. with... <laughs> Sherlock, Doctor Who, and the show Supernatural. And I don't know why, like, Sherlock and Doctor Who, BBC, you know, English, Supernatural, I guess because it's white guys who are fit. Because they're films or TV shows that have supernatural elements and... Uh, queer baiting. And, like, and queer, ba- queer baiting is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, but Sherlock and- had no supernatural elements. No, no, it didn't. But... It was written by the same guy who wrote Doctor Who, so they're saying... Okay. Yeah, okay. so... I, I, it was the height of Benedict Cumberbatch's It was the height of Benedict Cumberbatch's face. And yes. so I hear... Oh my God, what did you do? No, I, I didn't like tackle him or anything. Oh so I hear this and I'm like, Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, that's very interesting and, and something I have to get involved with. So I, um, I'm like, guys, should we wait and see if he like comes out and see if we can have a chat? And he was like, yeah, that's great. So it was well, about... How long did you wait for? <laughs> so it was about... Frida, mid- stop about... preempting sorry, the story. Sorry, I can't help it. It was, it was about 1pm, I believe, when we started. Oh, no, how long? Oh, great. <laughs> so we got... So I got to the security guards, and because I, I, I'm, you know, at the time I was quite young, quite cute looking, quite, you know, naive, like... You're still oh, cute looking. Well, 
I mean, I, I've become a slightly more haggard in my old age and, and transgenderedness. Um, I was like, oh, can we, um, would you, would you mind if we, um, we just sort of waited to see if he, he came out because we're, we're all really big fans. And the security guard, he was like this guy in like the high vis vest and it was quite cold. It was like February and he's wearing like his shorts and he's like, yeah, go on. Just, you, you can stand here and just here. So about an hour goes by and the, the couple who were with us, uh, they're like, oh, we can't be asked to stand here anymore. We're going to go home and probably have sex. And I'm like, uh, they didn't say that, but you know, the house was empty. I knew what they were going to do. It's uni, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was literally what you did. Yeah. So already two of us are lost. How many was there to begin with? Five. About five. five of us. Okay. Another couple of hours go by. And. Wait, <laughs> another couple? Yeah, and then the next person is like, I'm, I can't be asked to keep standing here. You don't I'm even go- get to sit down. Like- no. I mean, I think I sat on my bag on the floor, but there was no seats. It was just oh, like next to a wall. The place. I literally would have called the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was fine. Like the security guy was like, we weren't like trying to break into the filming, and they were keeping an eye on us. So like, what were we gonna do? Um, and they they peed off. So it's just me and one other girl. And night falls at about you know five p.m. because it's February. <laughs> and it gets to about like half five and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I just don't, I don't want to stand here anymore. Like, I've got to go. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And she's like, you coming? And I'm like, nope. So... <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of worried this story wouldn't be like cringe enough for the podcast, but I can see Freud's face and I'm just so <laughs> I know I should be. I know I should be adding reaction in, but like, I, I'm starting to get a very nauseous feeling <laughs> about how long you waited out there in February yeah. in the dark on your own. Yeah, not well. Danny DeVito I, is actually dead. Yeah, he died oh that day in the cold. There it goes. What you can't see is that Sean and Ford have set up a Ouija board sort of silence <laughs> in order to talk to me. <laughs> so it gets to about six o'clock. Um, I'm a little bit hungry, but you know. <laughs> As you do. As you do. I don't want to go and come back just in case I miss him. And I, I'm talking to the security guards. I'm like, oh, do you know, do you know how long he's going to be in there sort of thing? They're like, we're, we're really sorry. We don't, we, we don't know what his filming schedule is. So I'm like. Of course they don't fucking know. Well, sorry, I'm, I'm just, so I'm sitting there and um, eventually one of them comes over and is like, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> oh like, no! <laughs> in the February night. <laughs> so they me- Can you remember what you were wearing? I just want to yeah. paint a little picture of you. No, it's fine. I was dressed appropriately because I remember... Do you remember when we used to have matching coats? Like, kind of the big faux fur leopard skin? Yes, I do. Yeah. I still really still have that coat, yes. Yeah, so I was wearing, like, a, like you know, jeans and a, and a thick coat. But I had been standing there for approximately five hours at this point. Um, God... And um, I must say, once again, this is still a very rough time frame. I may have been there from one, I may have been there from about three. But either way, it was, definitely was light when I started and night by the time the story ended. <laughs> so he brought me over a tea and some ginger nuts. God. 
Oh my god! <laughs> and I didn't you like it. Safeguarding issue. You <laughs> a safeguarding issue. Um, I don't like ginger nuts, but I ate them anyway because I was quite peckish by that point. I had my cup of tea, and then I needed to have a wee, and so I flagged down one of the security guards. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but can you let me into the building, like just one of the other buildings, so I can have a piss? And he was like, I'm not really meant to, but yeah, sure. So he snuck me into one of the other buildings and then snuck me back out again so I could go back to my post. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. He could have snuck you in to see Benedict Cumberbatch. He at this definitely point. would have lost his job for that. Oh point. no. Oh, it's, it's fine. The way was a humanitarian issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Lord. So there I go, like a frozen, horrid gargoyle. <laughs> and it's probably about 8 pm. Oh fucking hell, go home. <laughs> and I I finally see people are coming towards their cars. Oh my god. Please, I would just no, I'm not even gonna say anything. I'm not I'm not I'm gonna keep it in my mouth. And a car I, I see what I think is like a tall, kind of alien-esque man getting into a car. <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> and um a very long boy. a very long man folding himself origami like into the back of this kind of fancy limo sort of thing <clears throat> and it pulls up next to me and the window rolls down and sort of 80% chin rolls and 20% face is Benedict Cumberbatch oh fucking hell and he's like I'm really sorry but I can't stop and I'm like, that's fine. Oh, <laughs> Not like I've been waiting here for X amount of hours. I don't. I just like that's okay. And he's like, do you know, have a nice evening though. And I'm like, you too. And then he rolls up his car window and then he drives away. Danny, that's the worst fucking story I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somebody should have been looking out for your well-being. And you waited um, for seven hours in the cold to just be told. Sorry, mate, I'm fucking off. Yeah, and, and I went home and I told this kind of, this underwhelming interaction to all my friends. Very, yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, I was overjoyed at the time. I was like, but did it come about? I just said like six words to me. I'm basically pregnant. Um, <laughs> and um, the next day, everyone wanted to go back. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I've, I've had my moment of, of shine, like, but I think there were so many of us the next day, there was about seven or eight, they were like, no, go away. And I was just like, yeah, sucks to be you guys because you didn't fucking wait with me, did you? So you didn't get you didn't get the, the joy of Benedict Cumberbatch saying a few words to you. Oh my God. And um, yeah, that remains one of the most humiliating times in my life. At what point did the perspective come that this was actually a terrible idea? Oh, quite soon after I started waiting, after about yeah, the first really? couple of people sort of left. But I I was like, I'm kind of in it for the long run now. Like, if I give up now, I will have just wasted like two hours or like an hour or so. And then when you tip six, seven hours, you're like, I'm fucking in it for the long run. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I have to, did you not go back the next day with a gift? I did make brownies that night. Oh, Danny, no! 
Sorry, I, I was wondering if I was thinking of a different story. But yeah, like, well, no. they weren't necessarily for Benedict Cumberbatch. They were for me to take into a lecture. But I was like, if Benedict Cumberbatch wants to have a brownie, he can have a brownie. And then, and I was like thinking like, he probably thinks I've like baked my pubes into them. So like... Or oh, razor blades, 100%. No. No, But exactly. didn't, didn't you offer them to the guards? Yeah, I was like, you can have some if you want. And he was like, no, you're right. And I'm like, I'm not. They're yeah, not poison. You're going to poison them so you can get but off funny It was the you same guard the that brownies. I met, like, the last night. So I was like, you know me. You know I'm a, I'm a simple Yeah, he simple knows man. that you waited seven hours for an interaction through a car window and were fucking overjoyed by it. No yeah. one's making anything you're cooking, babe. I was like 20 at the time, all right? Like 19, That's no justification. 20. I'm sorry. You Just for shame. For yeah. shame. For yeah. shame on you. I Well, I don't know. I'd sort of, I mean... I love how you're shame. like, oh, come to the podcast. We're not going to yuck anyone's yum. But Danny DeVito, specifically you, um, should go directly to the pits of hell. No, I'm not yucking your yum. I understand the yum for Benedict Cumberbatch. That's not our issue here. The issue here is waiting for seven hours in the cold for an interaction through a window and then just show up the next day. I didn't know it would be through a window. (laughs) What did you think it would be? I thought maybe he'd come out and be like, hi, let's take a selfie. And I'd be like, thank you for understanding that I waited for all this time and it's a bit weird, but we don't need to get into that. And also maybe I'll be your child bride. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I, I, I admire your tenacity when it comes to celebrities because I just can't relate. I just cannot but, relate. No, I would like to say I, I have, I have very much grown out of that, that feeling. Have you? Because no, I have because there was a, a, a similar situation where that could have. Happened. Oh no, I, I don't. No, it's fine. It's not. Frida, Frida, this Frida, one is fine. This is a safe space. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to judge, and I'm failing. I'm failing so hard. We all have our eccentricities. Okay. You've just gone into great lengths to tell us about how you perv on your neighbour's drama. <laughs> exactly. But I'm aware that that is cuckoo crazy. Yeah, now. I fucking know. Like, I literally <laughs> started this segment by going, I don't have very good mental health for <laughs> This isn't the actions of someone who was on the right antidepressants at the time. So, so now I've I've finished being shamed by the host of this podcast. Let me finish my fucking story. (laughs) So I went to go and see, um, back before before the the drama set in with the sort of COVID, I was lucky enough to get tickets to go and see Uncle Vanya. So this was recent. Yeah, February 2020. Um, January, February 2020. Richard Armitage was another of Danny DeVito's holodex um, oh, He still is. What annoyed me is that I like to think that as, as a good friend that I keep up to date with this kind of thing. And then one day I was sending you memes about Michael Sheen, who was the flavour of the time. And then you were just coldly like, no, I'm over Michael Sheen. It's Richard Armitage yeah. now. <laughs> See, um, we had a little um, back and forth whilst you were making me watch Cats. And... Um, so we were just sending pictures and I had sent Richard Armitage and you destroyed my hopes and dreams because you said, yeah, I think he's gay. He is gay. I, yeah. I... It's unconfirmed. I learnt that from Danny DeVito. Nothing. Yeah, I'm pretty because sure. Of... Like, what? I'm not going to go out and say 100% Richard Armitage is gay, but he was featured in a magazine where they were like, would you ever like to have a family? And he said, due to my sort of relationship nature, 
if I wanted to have a family, would need to adopt. So that's not necessarily saying that he's gay, but it's... Listen, we stand Richard Armitage, whatever his choices are. Yeah, absolutely. But you were lucky enough to get tickets to go see Uncle Vanya. Yeah. And we got out to the side, and it was the first matinee they'd done. And we were going outside, and we were trying to get, uh, like, cast signatures. And um, someone comes out and is like, I'm really sorry, but, like, Richard Armitage isn't coming out because it's the, the first matinee, and he's just going to stay and wait for the next one. And part of me was like, should I wait? Oh no! No! he and then I was like, no. That would be after the evening show, like yeah. ten p.m. Yeah. And then I was and like, so at no. least you wouldn't have to wait. Did you you go could go home? away and come yes, back. Yes, I went home. Oh my god, that's so much personal growth. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I know <laughs> because I'm in a good place and I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the right amount of medication, so I'm not batshit crazy at the moment. I just, I when it comes to celebrities. I don't feel that intimidated about meeting celebrities. Um, but I think because I'm a creative person, I would love to meet celebrities on my own terms as like an equal. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, And there's been some times when I've been working in a theatre and a celebrity is in a play. And when I meet them, I'm there for a reason. Like, oh, hello, I'm here to um, ask you some questions. So uh, and that's fine. That gives me legit reason to be there. And I don't find it nerve wracking at all. The idea of approaching a celebrity as a fan fills me with the most bubbling sense of dread oh. because you put yourself, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not embarrassed to be a fan. I just kind of. I always I feel like know. I'm encroaching on them. So I, oh, I yeah. went to. Exactly. A couple of years ago, I went to a gig with my mum. It was at the Electric Ballroom in Camden. And God bless her, my mum was sort of like over the moon. It was sort of like the first sort of non arena sort of gig she'd gone to. You know, like it was a bit yeah. dingy and it was a bit dirty. Ooh, cool. and yeah, it just felt a bit cool and sort of hipper, I guess, if you're going to put it in a 50 year old woman's lexicon. And so we were at the gig. It's before the support act even came in because she was so excited she wanted to be there the whole time. Right, she wanted the yeah. full experience. You paid your money. Yeah, she paid her money. Yeah. And um, so I saw um, a singer that I really liked it was actually at the bar called Freya Riding. So I absolutely love. She's like a really sort of. Um, I mean, I don't really know how popular it is. Like, I'm not sort of. But anyway. So Freya Ridings, I really loved her. I'd already gone to see her at this. Uh, converted church it was fantastic and I just sort of went oh my god mum look there's Freya Ridings and obviously mum did the whole who's Freya Ridings things and I was like oh mum you're so uncool you don't know who Freya Ridings is she's like go and say hello I was like no she's out with her friends I don't need to say hello to her like it's just cool that we're kind of we're on the pulse of you know what's what's oh I shared a beer in the same place yeah yeah I went to a gig of Freya Ridings was there right so then I went to the bathroom and I came back and my mum was like oh let's let's go over here so I was like oh okay let's go my mum then takes me up to Freya Ridings and literally manhandles this poor woman and was like oh this is my daughter that I was telling you about I ah! wanted the ground to swallow me up. I was just like, I expressly said I don't want to talk to her. And she was like, oh, she's such a big fan. She's already been to see you twice. Like, she listens to you all the time. It's like, mum, you are making me out to be a crazy person. And I just sort of looked at her and I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I, 
I really didn't want to do this. Like, I wanted to leave you two evening. I, I apologise so much. Like, I left you unattended for two minutes. And she was really lovely. It was like, oh, no, don't worry. Like, my mum would do the same thing. I was like, no one's mum would do this. Nobody's mum <laughs> would do this. And then I was like, thank you so much. Like, I'll leave you to it. I'm so sorry. You know, have a good night. And mum was like, don't you want to get a picture? I was like, no, fucking don't. No, like, I don't I want, want to remember to. this ever. <laughs> You can find it on my Instagram. It is the worst picture anybody's taken of me. It's all under chin. The lighting is terrible. And I'm just <laughs> the most wooden person in the world. Like, please take the picture so we can leave. Mum is like, stop it, stop it. So we'll get a picture, we'll get a picture. And she's like, Freya won't mind. Freya wants a picture. You want a picture, don't you? It's like, Freya doesn't want a fucking picture. Freya wants to be left alone. Okay, that's what wants to happen. So, um... I'm going to say I was the fan, but my mother was the crazy person in that situation. Yeah. At least what yeah. I did was of my own volition. You were sort of thing, yeah, <laughs> manhandled into it. Yeah, when when someone... It's quite bizarre because I'd never thought at that point that I was particularly like a huge fan of many, many people. But when your mother is repeating how much you like a person musically... Yeah. It makes you the the minute someone else says it, it puts a different shine on it, and it makes you look like a crazy person. In hindsight, it would have been better if you'd gone on your own because at least you can take control of the situation. Yeah. You could just go up, touch her arm, and be like, um, "I just want to say I think you're really cool, and uh, yeah. thanks very much. I really enjoy your music." And she'd yeah. have gone, "Thanks very much," and then that would have been. Yeah, it. Mm. I went to see you in that in that church gig. It was amazing, so good. Because so, I got you could do this thing. This is the thing. It's just. The more you unravel the story, the more crazy I sound. So I'd actually gone to see her twice at that point, but I hadn't meant to. So I bought tickets for her gig. And then on Instagram, she did like a secret gig thing where you could like apply. And so I did, not thinking that I'd get in. But it's Instagram and it was free. So you get invited to this gig for free. So by that point, I'd gone to see her twice, which makes me look crazy. And my mum's there, like, she listens to you all the time. You can go she and see an artist. She wants buy her records so yeah. that she makes money. Like, don't worry about you that. You can see an artist more than once and not yeah. free of no, How many said, times have you seen Fallout Boy? Okay, that's a different expect? matter. It's not, it's not even that I'm ashamed of how many times I went to see her. But when your mother is telling it to another person, like, I'm some sort of five-year-old that's just, like, really loves Little Mix. Oh, she's seen you loads of times. She thinks you're really great. I wanted the ground to swallow me up. I will just my Instagram. Just have a look. You'll you'll find it. You'll see it. It's the most wooden picture anyone's ever taken. And I tried to like because obviously I was going to post it because I had a picture of me and Freya riding. And I was just sort of like apologising for. Did my you mother. tag her? Did you? Yeah, tag her? Yeah, because I thought, oh, I'm going to apologise for my mum in it, and it'd be kind of like a bit of a lull, and then oh, maybe me and Freya are going to become really be friends. best friends, and I'll be yeah. her child bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing. I got nothing. There was absolutely oh. nothing, and I was like, this makes it worse, and I can't remove it now. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I. Spare of the moment, went with a friend of mine from home to a gig to see Real Big Fish, who are a ska band I really liked when I was uh, a teenager. And I hadn't spoken to this friend in ages, and then I saw they were going to see Real Big Fish, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe you're going without me. And they were like, we have a ticket. And I was like, oh, uh, great. Um, so we went to the O2. It wasn't in the arena part of the O2, but one of the smaller gig spaces around yeah. the edge. 
and something had happened. My friend had seen them at Chinneries in South Lenelsea and something had kicked off where one of their group had passed out on the floor and Real Big Fish's manager had got involved in like resuscitating them or like oh, helping them out. Oh, my God. And, and because they'd become matey, they'd said something along the lines of, here, have some free tickets to this other gig. And when you're there, come and say hi and we'll send you backstage to talk to the band. So we went and saw this gig. The gig was fantastic. And um, and then they they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And I was like, oh, no, I'd rather die. Um, can we just go home? <laughs> and um, and uh, they were like, no, we've got to see. I just It's that moment of seeing them and meeting them and like, oh, oh, it just makes me feel sick. And then um, and so we went backstage and we met Real Big Fish. And I was just stood next to this man. <laughs> just like... I, and of course, they they were just chatting about. Do you remember us from Essex? And they were like, "Yeah, sure." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, and I was just like, "I, I really liked your show. It's really great." And this guy was like, "Huh, cool." And I was just like, "I wish I was dead." <laughs> <laughs> I just, you're right. But it's about taking up people's time. I remember yeah. I went to a, a sign. I haven't had like one-on-one reactions with celebrities that often because I avoid them but I went to a book signing with John and Hank Green in London and I got to the front of the queue they were both jet lagged they just so desperately wanted to just go to sleep you could tell and uh and I just looked into Hank Green's beautiful little face and I was just like I hate this should have gone home but I admire people who do who take that opportunity because then they get cool stories I mean Danny you might not be particularly proud of your Benedict Cumberbatch story but I remember you saying you had a cool chat with Mark Gatiss once yeah like and you know nice interactions and you just don't you don't get them unless you take that oh, so I think there, yeah. there's a real admirable quality in the confidence I think yeah I'm just like look if this this I'm not gonna you know I'm not going to be sitting in a bar in like a well-tailored suit and the lights are going to be really low and Richard Armitage is going to walk in. I'm going to make up, like make eye contact across the bar and he's going to come over and he's going to buy me a drink and then he's going to shove his tongue directly down my throat. But like, maybe I can... <laughs> but I have thought about it a lot. Uh, maybe I can... And he's going to take me to be his child bride. But maybe I can meet him after a show one day and be like, look, I think you're really cool. You really inspire me as an actor and I really like your work. This is not a stalking story or anything, but at my previous job, as I said before, I looked after press nights sometimes. Um, and the uh, the boss of the theatre, it was the opening of the whole theatre. And um, and he had some sort of showbiz contacts and he obviously invited them to lend profile to the event. I was mooching around and I, I hadn't really, it was up in the air whether some of these famous names would even come. Yeah. I was just mooching around doing my job. Uh, I needed to get <laughs> from one point of the room to the other, but the box office queue was in the way. And I was just sort of slightly annoyed at all these people standing in an awkward way. And I was like, excuse me, pardon me. I was really sort of being quite business and <laughs> yeah. and not shoving. Like, I am important. I did the thing and there was <laughs> yeah. a sort of, there was this tall bloke and I sort of put my hands either side of his body to kind of shove myself through. Um, I got to where I was going, did what I needed to do, looked back at the direction I'd come. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. <gasps> no! <laughs> 
Tom Hiddleston. I shoved past Tom Hiddleston. And I don't have much of a crush on Tom Hiddleston, but he is very beautiful in my And you life. can appreciate I... it. There was a hilarious picture. In fact, there was a thing on Twitter a couple of months ago where it was like, post the funniest accidental picture of you with a celebrity. And there's a hilarious picture of Tom Hiddleston having a chat with someone. And in the background of the picture are three members of staff. There's a huge crowd, but the only people looking at Tom Hiddleston are all members of staff, and one of them is me. (laughs) And I think it was because we'd all been briefed, like, if Tom does come, make sure no one's inappropriate with him. So I swear on my life... I swear on my life, that's what I was doing. In my role as event management, I was keeping an eye on Tom Edison to make sure nobody was ambushing him. But it looks in the picture like I'm just creeping on Tom Edison hilariously. <laughs> like, looking at him from across the room. Like, you're primed um, for the ambush. There was a bit as well with the, when, obviously, the show started. And at the second half, he was one of the last people to get back into the auditorium because I think he'd been to the toilet. And he did that thing where he was walking down the corridor and he saw me and he did that little quick run. You know, you don't yeah. actually run. But you're like, ooh! Like, little, I acknowledge that I need to be yeah. faster! <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, don't worry. And he went, ha, ha, <laughs> I was like, you don't need to run, Tom. I'll wait. I went, he was doing Coriolanus in my first year of uni. And um, I remember I I tried to get tickets, but they sold out like immediately. But they were doing the thing where they were doing £10 front seats. Oh, yeah. But you had to call up and like try and snag them immediately and I called up every day of it was each Monday and I called up all the Mondays for like four weeks and I eventually that's fair people do that to get on the Hamilton lottery I got through to the lady and it was like three minutes two and I was like please please stay on the line with me because if you hang up I'm gonna go back in the queue and I'm just not gonna get these tickets and she was very kind she was like I'm not actually meant to but I will if you have like other questions you can ask and I was like yeah and then she got me the tickets and I was like I, I think I said I want to kiss you to her um, <laughs> so in this situation you're not creeping on a celebrity just a random person well my friend and I we did we headed up to London and we had dinner and then we sort of hung around the theatre just to see you know yeah. who would come along which is when we meet Mark Gatiss and um, do you know there was um there was a, a story I heard, probably through work and uh, this person who knows Tom Hiddleston, but um, uh, Tom Hiddleston was in a play. It wasn't Coriolanus. can't remember what it was, actually. Um, and uh, he was acting, and there was a woman in the front row um, with her hands down the trousers, just... Oh! <gasps> just absolutely going at it. Christ. I'm not that um, bad! And oh. he was like... Uh, 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 I mean, he did, and he carried on, because he's a professional, but the... The level of, like, Christ. oh my god. Like, I mean, I definitely understand taking a memory with you for private time. Take it with you. Take, take it, it with, with you. you. Take it with you. Take that mental picture and take it with you. Yeah. Also, like, you've paid so much money to come to the theatre. If you wanted to wank over Tom Henderson, do it in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do no. know that he was, like, mobbed once in an event and someone, like put their face into his crotch and had to be dragged oh, away. God, oh my god. Yeah. I was like, this is why people don't want to be around fans. Like, admittedly, exactly, I will... you never know. I will wait for seven hours for Benedict Cumberbatch. But when I talk, I'm going to talk like a normal person. Yeah. I'm not going to be I'm like, just put your feet inside me. And even with... Put your feet inside me. 
That's the example of what a bad person would say. Just, just an off-the-cuff example. Like, I've like, definitely not like, been thinking about. I feel um, like my brain just isn't absorbing any of this today. Like, I don't feel like I'm coping very well. And I don't know why. I feel like someone's out crassing me and I can't, I'm not dealing with it very well. Uh, one last celebrity story from me. I did. This isn't about me meeting a celebrity. This is just about the shittiest timing ever. So uh, you may not know. And we, I know both of you do, but yeah. listeners might not. Uh, that I am an extra in the film Centrinians 2. Yeah. You talk colon, about it all the time. Every opportunity The Legend of Britain's Gold. Literally every chance. <laughs> every chance you get, you just bring it up. It was in your fucking birthday quiz. Your 10 degrees of separation. Okay. Six degrees, whatever it Six was. degrees. Um, I'm actually only three degrees separated from Kevin Bacon. Um, <laughs> actually, somebody found a one, I think, because Kevin Bacon's in fucking everything. But, um, no, I don't bring it up that often. In fact, I've quite often had, like, in my normal life, not my weirdo life with my friends, but, like, my normal life, I'll get random texts from people saying, I'm watching this film with, like, my niece. Are you in this film? Um, anyway. I'm going to have to look out um, for you, because I've not seen that film since I learned this fact. I mean, you can... I'm on the screen next to my dad. The the, um, the situation came around not because of my involvement in theatre or anything like that. Uh, my dad worked in a science department of a school, and they needed to borrow loads of equipment. So he aided in all of that, and then in chatting to the crew got us uh, this gig being extras um, at the Globe Theatre in this particular scene. And um, and so I was walking to the train station that morning to go up to London to meet my dad. And uh, I was wearing sandals and trod in a massive pile of dog shit. Oh, no. <laughs> huge, huge. Um, like, and sandals as well, like oh. strappy sandals. So it's all in the fucking oh. weeds of like between my toes oh. and like and in the little folds of the sandals so, and I was still like 20 minutes walk from town so I had to carry on walking I had to run somewhere to get some breakfast because I was dying and then I got on this train I was about 17, 18 and then um, and then I, the first thing I do when I get on the train because I'm running so late is okay I go to the toilet sort this pooey foot situation out uh, open it's one of those circular doors that open on a button so I pressed the button opened it as uh, a middle aged man there doing shit <laughs> and he goes oh god oh god and like tries to close the door like with his trousers around his ankles I could just see this man's bare ass and there's me age 17 like ah, ah, and I just ran down the other end of the train mortified desperate that he not come out and us have to have an awkward altercation so I ran to the opposite end of the train and sat there with my shitty shoes for longer until I got up the courage, like, okay, the coast is clear, I'll go back to the bathroom and sort out my shoes. And I just wanted you to know that on the one day of my life that I was in the same room as Colin Firth, David Tennant, uh, Toby Jones, Rupert Everett, uh, that I stank of dog shit and had dog poo all over my shoes. I'm so sorry. Still. Despite my best efforts, obviously, wow. there's only so much you can do. Um, and I mean, it, obviously, the memory won't last for any of those actors, but it will never leave you. It will never leave me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my love, I'm so sad for you. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I'm sad for me, but I still had a fun day. But I stank <laughs> like shit. I stank like rotten dog shit. Oh no, that's worse than fresh dog shit. <laughs> no, Christ. Oh my love, I'm so sorry. That is genuinely that's quite right. tragic. That's so sad. <laughs> That's actually so sad. <laughs> but I was so close to David Tennant, though. Oh, 
And I love that. that and I love that. I don't, I don't really have any others. Um, but I genuinely have had so many people messaging me, asking me about this date that I was supposed to go on. And yes. I oh, just yes. couldn't be bothered to message everybody back. So I thought, I'm just going to tell everybody instead. And Do it. Exclusive news update. <laughs> this was with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah, blah, blah. Headlines. Blah, blah, blah. Stands. Freud are up. Oh, oh no. so, what a clip! Yeah, so what, what a, a hairy ball! Yeah, it's a hairy ball. Clip's too good for him. Yeah, there's literally zero information around it. it I just got stood up and oh. uh, not heard from him since. Um, I didn't get laid, so you know, oh, I've probably that's the worst part, obviously. Been, and I did shave all the hair off my body. Uh, which is just oh. what a waste of my time because I'd really let it grow. So <laughs> I think I'm more upset about that than anything else. It's that I had to remove. I didn't have to remove. I wanted to remove all the hair from my body. Um, so if anybody wants to know, did I sleep with him? No, because I got stood up. Mm, I'm sorry. Do you know what worst things have happened? Uh, I did get dumped during sex. So, yeah. you know. Let's, I know we all heard. Let's yeah. put this into perspective. <laughs> you know, not as bad as that one. Um, I'm, I'm trying to... We did have a reply to the email inbox about... So this was a response that we had regarding our call-outs last session, which is, at what point... Which still stands, even though blah, blah, blah hasn't worked out mm-hmm. so well. Um, at what point do you tell um, a, a person... perspective, yeah. Perspective, a uh, person that you have a podcast about them. Uh, so this is a response from Phil. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, not his real name. Oh. Um, so he says date five for telling people about the podcast, okay. but this is dependent on a number of factors. One, as a gay man, to be honest, I would tell them date one. <laughs> Two, but you're not a gay man, so I assume this is not relevant. <laughs> Three, I think you could have it playing in the house if they came round and then casually mention there's a podcast you do as if it's totally normal. <laughs> Four, if you tell him, could you then get him on as a producer and then you can claim your meals and VAT back while saving you 20% converting your dates to business lunches is very sexy. <laughs> also, Phil's comment on uh, flim flam as a euphemism yeah. for uh, female reproductive organs is uh, uh, sounds like a Norwegian specialist dessert. Hmm. I mean, I take that, but in um, less hot news, I have stopped using flim flam. And I have just reverted back to floof or fanny. Floof. Okay. My old staples. Both. I really appreciate Phil's input. What I would love to know is why it differs because he's a gay man. Why? Because he's a gay... Is it just because there's there's a next level of altruism? You know, that they're, they're a bit more flashy? I don't really understand. Why are we... If it's gay man, date one. And if you're a straight woman, date five. Potentially because other gay men might just think it's cool, whereas straight men might be intimidated by the fact. Okay. I, like, I, I think that's know. a very fair summary. And I appreciate Phil's input because, you know, this drought could be lasting for a while longer. Um, <laughs> You're just going to have to go back to monkey hunching. Honestly, I had such a moment. I had a friend, I had my friend Ratty come and visit me last weekend. And I literally just had a moment where I just turned around to her. And I think it's one of the most pathetic things I've ever said. I just went, 
I just want to have sex again before I turn 30. Like, I'm just like, I feel like I've wasted my late 20s time is, no sex. Just, time is running out, mate. I you. just want to have sex. I just want to get dicked before I turn 30. I want, I just want to have a memorable last dick in my 20s. And I feel like I'm never going to achieve that now. I've got, what, three weeks? Two, yeah. No, two weeks. How many weeks? Two weeks, know. two weeks in a day, two weeks in a day to get good dick before I turn 30. I just want it once, just one good dick in before I turn 30. Well, if you're um, living in Essex and have a clean COVID test, by all <laughs> And a clean STD. And a clean STD test. Um, well, you can condoms, but... Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> it zooms in on a small shack in the sort of countryside. Michael Jackson looks up from where he's tuning into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on his hat and his coat and he goes out into the wilderness to find you. <laughs> Michael Jackson need not apply because I'm definitely out of your catchment area now. Michael Jackson will not apply. He's very severely, very severely unable to attend in the most permanent way. Okay. Thank you for listening to Misery Loves Company. If you've got a tragic story of your own, um, you can be a guest on the show, or if that's not your bag, you can write in and we'll read it out for you. Everything is kept totally anonymous. Um, uh, so you can get in touch with us at miserypodcast at gmail.com. And by all means, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a review or a rating. Our intro music is Zombie Funk by Steve Poloni. And if you perverts want to follow us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at miserylovescast, all one word. We've been Shaden and Freude. Join again in a fortnight. You bring the company and we'll bring the misery. Cool. I'm going to go bake my pubes into a cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I need to stop recording. <laughs>